This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Listen to us right around the nation. Joy 94.9. Sports news, views and interviews for our community. The Locker Room with Ben and Rolly on Joy 94.9. Welcome to The Locker Room, your show for sports news, views and interviews. Ben Lankin, my name. Now, Mark Rowland is my normal co-host, but he's over in the UK at the moment. He'll be joining us on the phone a little later on to uh, bring us up to date with everything that's happening in uh, over there for Wimbledon, also the build-up to the, the Ashes as well over there. So a lot of news coming out of the UK. But joining me tonight is a buffet of sports bullfeds, as I'd like to say. <laughs> Michael Smithy Smith is here in the studio with me and Adam Samuel as well. Welcome, gents. Welcome. Great nice to be to, here. Yeah, absolutely. And this is our first show in our brand new time slot. Uh, we're at uh, 7 p.m. Wednesdays now. We have been holding down the fort 9 uh, p.m. on uh, Mondays. Um, so really excited to be here um, at uh, 7 o'clock on Wednesdays. And we'll be here for the uh, the next uh, 12 weeks or so. So looking forward to your company. If you're new to the show tonight, welcome. Uh, if you've followed us across from our old time slot, uh, thank you for joining us once again. Now, uh, we will get to Mark very soon in the UK. But uh, also on tonight's show, we're talking to Tom Nobay. Now, he's the director of the Gay Games. It's going to be held next year in 2014 in Cleveland, Ohio. A great interview coming up very soon. Um, also tonight, starting at the end of July, 26th of July, is the Frosty Fruits Ski Week. It's being hosted at uh, Hotham Alpine Resort um, and uh, that uh, will be a really cool gay event for any of you uh, snow bunnies uh, out there as well. We'll be talking to Adam Bold, who's one of the event producers uh, for the uh, for the week that's being put on there. Um, we'll also talk a little bit about the Aussie men's cricket team as they build up towards the Ashes um, and of course some of the news from Wimbledon as well. Aussies are all out. Um, in fact, all the big names are pretty much out now. There's not many left at all. As always, Smithy will bring us up to date with all the latest AFL news as well. So that's coming up as well a little later in the program. First up with Rolly away, we have left our weekly news roundup to you, Adam. So what have you got for us? Oh, let me tell you, fellas, what a week in sport it has been. Starting off, let's go to tennis. And it seems that the low 20-degree heat wave is seeming too much for our top elite tennis players over in England, many bowing out to the lower seeds early in the competition. Early in the first five matches, fifth seed Rafael Nadal was beaten in three sets by Darkus from Belgium. The Spaniard, who was a favourite to win Wimbledon this year, bowed out gracefully. He did mention that it was a very tough match for him. Uh, on a positive note, we won't have to watch him picking at his underwear for the rest of the tournament. <laughs> what's wrong with Someone watching enjoy him? that, wouldn't What's wrong with that? <laughs> well, it's a, it's a superstition. I think someone needs to give him a bit of counselling. Uh, also to leave was Serena Williams, Victoria Azarenka, Maria Sharapova, Roger Federer, Songer, Wozniacki. Boy, that's an impressive list Some of people. big names all out. I don't think there's too on. many tears being shed over Serena Williams and Maria Sharapova being... Oh, look, you know what? Serena Williams has been in scintillating form. It's been some great tennis to watch, so disappointing she's not going to be there. Yeah, yeah, but she's annoying. She is annoying. She is annoying, absolutely. Yeah, she said a few stupid things recently. Charapova's grunting is pretty annoying yeah. as well. <laughs> if, we, if we go back to last week's show, we learn a few things that Serena Williams did mention at the start of the uh, 
the Wimbledon, so I hope that she's not, you know, eating her own words. But you know what? It, it does it does pave the way for the next generation of players like Del Potro, Vadasco, Flipkins, and Lasicki, who are managing to get through in their uh, matches. Unfortunately for tennis umpires, they're having to learn a whole new set of names now. And as they walk on the court, you know, their names are announced, and everyone looks at each other and goes, "Who?" Yeah. You know, they don't make it easy for the commentators, do they? These tennis players? No, definitely not. Let's go across here to home to AFL, and uh, I won't take Smitty's thunder away from his AFL segment. I just want to mention that Melbourne and North Melbourne both had a win. Yeah, of course, you had to work that in in the beginning of the program. Well, North Melbourne managed to beat a side that hasn't won a game all year. Just saying, <laughs> <laughs> not getting too excited down and out the street. Well, you know what? As a, as a very passionate Demon supporter, I'm just glad we won a game, and just, that's all I'm saying. Just happy to get the four points. Uh, the four points is all we need, um, which is a bit funny because you know. Come off a coach being left out they the, sorry they played sensationally last week they didn't win but they played a lot better than they had been so well, let's see what happens for the rest of the season we may scrape 13th or 12th this year anything's what's possible. the latest in the coaching situation there Oh, well, they've, they've got a they're fill-in coach at the moment. So he's uh, staying for the rest Craig. of the season? For yeah, the rest of the right. season, yes, and yeah. then we'll see what happens. Right. We, we, we don't want to get too hung up on AFL, though. We want to, you know, talk about a broad range of sports. And talking about a broad range of sports, room. NBA. What's happening in the NBA? In the NBA, as the Miami Heat still party on hard and LeBron James continues to kiss his biceps <laughs> after their win, free agency has started, and boy, has it started. The first deal on the table this year saw the Pelicans putting a monstrous $44 million offer to current Sacramento Kings guard Tyreek Evans. And let's just say he actually uh, got drafted in 2010 so 44 million dollars three years in three seasons in Smithy, we're, we're playing the wrong sport i think yeah my god uh, especially if you get to kiss your biceps yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i need some first yeah. <laughs> you know what i uh, also want to throw out a special mention that i'm sure my 13 year old brother who lives and breathes nba elliot he would love 44 million dollars and uh, <laughs> also a special mention to him and his fellow teammates from the sandringham sabers who tomorrow are going off to the nitp which is basketball australia's national uh, intensive training program for those that want to be a boomer or an opal one day or represent their their state here he led uh, south australia last year to second place so he is hoping that he can do something great good this on year you in Victoria. Good stuff. and he, he will get out of bed for less than 44 million uh, he'd, <laughs> i say hey do you want to go get lunch at maccas and he goes sure i'm there so you know uh let's moving on to cricket now chris rogers has been confirmed to play in the first ashes test for australia which is great and new coach darren lehman is sure boof. making some wolves <laughs> darren that? lehman boof. He's back. He's back. He's exciting. He's back. That is exciting, I think. I mean, there's need, we needed to shake up in, in Australia. Oh, we need some character in cricket yeah, again. Agreed. Like Nicky Arthur and his homework. I mean, no one wants to see that. <laughs> Bring back the Moes, I say. Yeah, Darren Lehman's always uh, that cricketer's cricketer. Like, he's carrying a bit of weight. You know, he's, he's a bit bit of a bit of a rough, rough around the edges. Oh, I'm, I'm liking this. I'm is VB to... still sponsoring? They should bring back their sponsorship, I think. Yes, and, and David Boone. Yeah. <laughs> playing again, I think. I, I'm kind of expecting him to be standing at the top of the uh, the stand holding a meat pie in one hand, a VB in another guy. You That's know, what it's all about, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, Doug Walter sent your heart out. Now, he is making some major changes, placing Rogers along with Shane Watson at the top of the order, which is a huge leap for Rogers. He has been playing cricket for a few years now, but uh, only recently been standing out for Western Australia and Victoria in country cricket. So it's a great, great opportunity for Rogers to break out and get into yeah. the Australian and look, squad. Watson is doing very well back at the top of the order. I mean, he hit a beautiful 100 uh, yesterday in uh, Worcester in a tour match in the lead up to the Ashes. So, um, you know, uh, it's looking good for the Aussies. They seem to be on the up. I think that's Worcester. Worcester? Yeah. Did I say it wrong? Yeah. Oh, right. Sorry. Okay. Moving on. Rugby Union. Moving on. Rugby Union now. I know that this is going to be a huge topic of discussion tonight, so I just want to quickly mention that there was another sigh of relief for Wallaby supporters, players and coaches as Captain James Horwell was, once again, cleared of stomping and will play in the decider against the Lions. I mean, How do you boys feel about Accusing a Rugby I mean, Union player of stomping, I mean, that's just outrageous. Who would do that? It's gone too far, hasn't it? I mean, it's getting a bit ridiculous. Stomping was part and parcel of the game not that long ago. I mean, it was expected. Yeah. You know, if you're going to put your head down on the ground in the line of someone 
running towards you. Isn't that kind of expected that you, your head may get stepped on if you're going to be that, that silly about it's it? It's a bit of an occupational hazard, I think. I mean, I think it just shows how much is on the line for this series and how, how far, um, you know, and, and how important it is to so many different stakeholders in this tournament that, um, you know, everyone uh, has a fair crack. And, um, you know, bizarre situation where the IRB um, appealed their own man's decision. Um, but uh, good for the Aussie camp that, um, that he will play on the weekend. So uh, looking forward to a massive clash. We'll talk more about that soon. Absolutely. And lastly on the roundup tonight, let's go across to lovely Europe. Now, there's a few guys doing a leisurely bicycle ride through the lovely hills of Europe, or as they like to call it, the Tour de France. Uh, that has taken off with huge momentum. This is a hundredth year. Like, can uh, you just say France again? France. Oh, that was very <laughs> impressive. Oh, I like that. This is their 100th year doing the Tour de France, so it is a big one. Uh, everyone, all the big names are there. Who have we got there? We've got Cadell Evans, Alberto Contador, but also stage three winner uh, riding for Orica Green is an Australian cyclist by the name of Simon Gerrans, who said it was months in the making to claim a stage. And it was a 144.5 kilometre battle. You know, I'm lucky if I'd get that done over three months on my Nike Plus app. Yeah, great for Australian cycling. Day. Smithy told me just as we walked in here that Australia, the Australian team uh, Oracle Green Edge are on top at yep. the moment. Great so they're, stuff. They're, they're leading the, um, the, the, the competition so far. So, look, good news for, uh, for Australian sport all round. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's good to see. Let's hope that they stay clean this year. We've had a bit of controversy over the past few months at the end of last year with uh, Lance Armstrong oh, coming out. So, boys. It, doesn't it? Boys, let's keep it clean. Let's keep That's cycling right. between feet and pedals, shall we? <laughs> That's right. Uh, you're on Joy 94.9. It's the uh, locker room of Taylor Smithy. Let's talk a little bit more about the Lions. Big clash this Saturday. It's a decider. An absolutely incredible game of rugby to watch on Saturday at Etihad Stadium. I've never heard noise at a stadium like. The noise I heard last Saturday night with those Lions supporters there, it was absolutely electric. There wasn't a spare seat in the house. It was it incredible stuff. It was an incredible atmosphere. And it's and, and, and just having those those um, those palms touring around in such numbers just adds an incredible atmosphere. And what a game it was. That came down to the last 10 minutes. A scintillating try there. Um, and uh, and luckily for us, um, uh, a penalty goal was missed on the siren, which meant that Australia win uh, the second um, test. Yeah, look, I was watching the game um, and there was you know 10 minutes to go and they were down by six. And I'm like, let's just a converted try. That's just seven points. They win by a point, and that's exactly what, exactly happened. what happened. Adam Ashley Cooper over the line, and then um, uh, the, the conversion was slotted really coolly by Leila Fano with nerves of steel. We're going to go across to Mark Rowland in the UK in a second. We'll get what's uh, what's been uh, talked about in the media over there. They've been following the Lions news. O'Driscoll's been dumped today out of the test squad, so we'll go to that in just a second. You're on Joy 94.9. <laughs> Do you want to hold your own in a sports conversation? Get a better pub quiz score or just like the sound of two boys talking about ball sports? Then join Ben and Rolly in the locker room on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9, you are inside the locker room. Ben Lankin with you in the studio with uh, me is Smithy and Adam tonight. On the phone is my regular co-host Mark Rolly. Roland, Mark, g'day. Good evening, lads. Good evening. We were just talking about uh, the British and Irish Lions. There's been a huge build-up this week towards the uh, the final test happening on Saturday. What are the papers talking about over there in the UK? must be all about the dropping of O'Driscoll, I'd imagine. Well, yeah, it's sort of interesting. It's being linked with... Um, it's now going to be the biggest contingent of Welsh players uh, for the last 40-odd years. So Gatlin's, of course, taken out O'Driscoll after his poor performance. Driscoll, of course, said this was his holy grail tour. They've taken him out and replaced them with the uh, the Welsh backline combination, which is, of course, causing all hysterics here with the English media. And uh, a Welsh captain to replace the uh, the outgoing Sam Warburton. Alan uh, Wynne-Jones is in there, obviously. Um, I would have thought O'Driscoll, having the experience that he has and the leadership that uh, role that he's played uh, in the last couple of tours, that, that he'd, be, he'd be in the side. So, Big shock. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, they seem to be putting their faith in the Welsh players. Um, and I suppose Gatlin, who is the coach, has had um, a lot to do with them. Look, um, even though Driscoll, I mean, at the end of the day, even though he's got the leadership skills, he, he just didn't perform. So I think he picked um, too early. Players up, yes. Um, now, uh, all talk here has been over the Horwell appeal. He's been acquitted over the, the second time of um, of any wrongdoing over the stomping incident. And I imagine there's probably a few angry poms um, over that decision. Oh, they'd be pleased yeah, when well, they had something to complain about. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's sort of been a case of double jeopardy in a way. You know, um, so the IRB has uh, protested against their own decision, which is which is very strange. Um, so the IRB or the judiciary made a decision and then they've, um, they're the ones that protested against their decision-making. So I think um, the English have been more confused rather than... Right. You know, so they're as the confused soccer, as we are. The soccer nation. Yeah. There, there, there is some suggestion right. some pressure was brought to bear on them by the Northern Hemisphere. And the IRB is based in Dublin, so um, you'd think that um, there could be some pressure coming from there. Moving away from the rugby now, uh, obviously the Ashes is coming uh, first test next week. Um, the uh, Aussies are over there um, on getting some tour matches in before um, the first test. What's the feeling like over there? Obviously Shane Watson had a, um, a cracker of a game yesterday. What's the talk uh, in the media there about the Ashes? Well, look, it's very interesting in that um, so Australia's playing down in Worcestershire. Uh, <laughs> Worcestershire sauce. Uh, Worcestershire sauce. So um, they were 3.40 for four, of course, Watson getting a century. However, if we go to the other side of the aisle over in Essex, um, the English first-class game has sort of turned out into a bit of a farce. So players have ended up switching sides. They've had schoolboys on the field fielding, um, and they also then somehow turned it out to be a bit of a charity match at the end of it um, by having bet. So not so the greatest the preparation. That, that's just par for the course no, in county cricket, I think. the English media have put the blowtorch to them on uh, that's basically their last preparation game, and um, and it's just sort of turned into a farcical game in Essex. So, look, the Aussies are actually doing pretty well, believe it or not. So uh, Watson at number one and Clark at number four. So things may be looking up. I would have thought that the UK press would be pretty shameless about it. They'd be predicting a 5 nil whitewash for England. Pretty boldly, I would have thought. Well, it's, it's funny you say that, Smithy. I think um, with the English, they always start off boistering. But then, of course, you know, with Nottingham coming up, uh, so the first game of Nottingham on the 10th of July, they do start to become a bit reserved. So I think this um, this, this uh, preparation map match in Essex has, has put them back a little bit. But still, I mean, and the big news for the Australians is, of course, Farwood Ahmed, the uh, 31-year-old from Pakistan um, refugee, uh, who originally played 10 first-class matches for Pakistan. So it's, it looks like after his match with Australian A, it looks like he's going to be put into the test. It's a uh, big moment. The Eng- well, the English don't do very well against spinners. So, look, if, we, if we've if we got uh, an ace up our sleeve, and, of course, they're, they're not very impressed in that um, his citizenship has been uh, prioritised by the Minister of Immigration in Australia. Um, so he hasn't actually gone through the usual channels. So I don't know. I, I don't think the English have been very impressed with that. Uh, are we getting no, all those same jokes? Well, about sure. convicts and all that stuff again as well. Is that all coming out as a result? Being their bastard off child uh, nation? Well, no, I think that's... Um, look, I suppose that with Wimbledon on and, um, uh, you know, we'll probably come back a little bit, you know, once the, they actually start getting playing on the 10th of July here in Nottingham. I'm looking out the window. I'm about an hour north of Nottingham and um, lovely dull grey skies with, with speckles of rain. Rolly, so, got to leave it there, mate. Move, a- got to leave it there. Move on to uh, the Frosty Fruit ski trip we're going to talk about next. We'll talk to you next week and you can bring us all the latest from the first test uh, as it uh, gets underway as we go to air next week. Oh, 
that's brilliant, lads. All right. Good night. You're on Joy 94.9. You're inside the locker room. Coming up next, we're talking to Adam Bold. He's the organiser of Frosty Fruits Gay Ski Week coming up very soon. The Locker Room. Come in and get changed. Sports news, views and interviews for our community. Joy 94.9. It is Joy 94.9. You are inside the Locker Room. Ben Lankin, Michael Smithy Smith with us uh, this evening. Now, uh, the fifth Frosty Fruits Ski Trip, uh, Australia's premium gay and lesbian ski week, is kicking off later in July. Friday, July 26, it kicks off. This year, you've got a couple of options. You can do a four-day or an eight-day trip, all hosted at Hotham Alpine Resort here in Victoria. To tell us a little bit more about this year's event, we're joined by organiser Adam Bold. Adam, welcome to Joy 94.9. Thank you, guys. Lovely to be in your, uh, in your little lock-up. <laughs> Thanks very much. Adam, tell us a little bit about uh, Frosty Fruits. How did it come about? How long has it been around for? Uh, this, is, this is our fifth year um, that we've been doing it uh, every year, uh, annually. Uh, it sort of came about because we didn't really have a, a national gay winter event uh, in Australia. And we were sort of looking to, I suppose, fill a bit of a gap in the market um, with our good friends across the trench there doing Gay Ski Week in New Zealand. Uh, We didn't sort of have an equivalent here. So that's sort of how it started by someone saying to me, hey, do you want to go to the snow? Um, We sort of organised it from there. So what exactly can punters expect on a frosty fruits trip other than, I imagine, lots of hot wine? (laughs) (laughs) Look, it's... It's a very social uh, event. We've got um, events organised every night that people can uh, come and do, dinner events and that sort of thing. Um, There's group breakfasts and lunches, uh, as well, of course, as a lot of skiing time. The beauty we have is that uh, all of our accommodation is on mountain. So you, it's ski-in, ski-out type of accommodation, walk out your front door, slap on your skis and away you go. Great. Now let's talk about the skiing for a second. Do you have to be sort of a, uh, a decent skier to, to really take part in it or can you be an absolute complete novice like me and spend all, time, all, all the time on your backside? Absolutely. Uh, though with, there are very good instructors there that will help you stay off your backside, well, most of the time. Yeah, great. Um, but no, we, we get novices coming each year. Uh, the instructors at Hotham are really good and we've, we've always had really good feedback and we even managed to score a couple of uh, gay or lesbian instructors uh, from year to year, so that always helps as well. Fantastic. fantastic. I, I, I don't think you mean score in the traditional sense. You just mean that they were present at, for the training, right? <laughs> oh, um, who knows? Look, Could be a big weekend. On the mountain, on the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say maybe that's one of the things, other things that punters could expect. But um, I was just wondering what's in it for the partners who may not be interested in skiing. Can you come up as a handbag and just hang around? Well, we, we do actually have a watchman's program. Uh, which, oh. which allows people to do other things. There's actually a fantastic uh, snow play area that they've got down there where you can do tobogganing. I was going to say sword fighting. That's not the right thing. So, snowball fighting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can you write your name in the snow there as well? <laughs> I'm imagining like a foam party but with snow. That's, well, that's right. That's right. And it doesn't stain. It's great. Um, it all melts. So there's other activities down there. There's a day spa, uh, there's dog sledding. It's the the only place in the Southern Hemisphere you can actually do a commercial dog sled, uh, which is lots of fun. Uh, We've got a video on our website which shows the the view from the cab. Um, It's a fantastic experience. Um, And then, you know, there's the dinner events, there's food, there's drinks. Um, there's cafes and stuff around there, so you know, and and there's it's a fairly wide resort, so there's a few places you could sort of wander around to get the village bus and go for a bit of an explore. Sounds like a lot of fun. Now, Adam, there's not long to go now. It's coming up in a couple of weeks' time, towards the end of July. Can people still get involved? Is it book out or? We've, we're down to our last chalet at the moment. Oh, chalet. Uh, so chalet. How many chalets do you have? Uh, we've got three or four booked at the moment, wow, and wow. studios and apartments. Uh, I think we've got half a dozen properties across the mountain. 
Um, and yeah, no, we and we sell beds, so people can actually buy a bed. They don't need to buy a whole apartment. Um, oh, great! Makes it feel accessible for people too. And that was going to be my next question. What sort of an investment would you be looking at to spend a, a week on the mountain? Look, you can you can get in for around seven hundred dollars. Um, and that includes your accommodation, all your skiing, and everything, doesn't that's it? That's that's the starting pack. Yep. Um, but like an all-inclusive package is around seventeen hundred. Yeah. Okay. And we do have we actually have the Hotham bus that comes up direct from Melbourne. Uh, from Southern Cross Station and uh, you can get on that in the morning and, and get off for a, a morning ski. That sounds amazing. I think we should put a deposit down and have a have a locker room chalet up yeah. there. What do you guys think? I'll stay online and get your credit card details. Yeah. <laughs> of course you Just would. as long as I don't have to ski. <laughs> Adam, uh, thanks so much for joining us. Where can people get more information? Yep, if they go to pointsofdifference.com uh, there's a Frosty Fruits dedicated page there and they can also find us on Facebook as well. Fantastic. And thanks very much. Good luck at the event. Uh, hopefully uh, you'll, uh, you'll, you'll sell that last chalet. Hard work it is for you, uh, no doubt. You're on Joy 94.9. You're inside the locker room. Coming up next, we're crossing to Cleveland, Ohio to chat about the upcoming Gay Games um, to be hosted over there in uh, August of 2014. You're on Joy 94.9. You're inside the locker room with Ben and Rolly on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9. 94.9, you're inside the locker room. Your show for sports news, views and interviews. Ben Lankin and Mark Rowland with you. Now, Rolly, if you like your competitive sport, then next year, make sure you book your flights to Cleveland, Ohio. They're hosting the 2014 Gay Games. There are already competitors signing up from around the world to take part in one of the many sports ranging from figure skating right through to badminton. We are now joined by Tom Nobe, the executive director of uh, the Games. Tom, welcome to the locker room. Hey, guys, it's great to be talking to you. Tom, sounds like it's going to be a huge event. It is going to be a huge event. We're expecting uh, between ten and 11,000 participants wow. and a number of another ten or 15,000 friends and family who will be coming with participants here to uh, Cleveland um, in um, just over a year from now. So we're, we're very excited to have all our global visitors um, come in and um, see our region and our uh, the wonderful facilities that uh, competitors are going to be able to uh, be using. Tom, um, there's a number of sports. What are some of the lesser-known sports that uh, are going to be at the event that we might not have heard of before? I think um, you probably have heard of most of them. Uh, we have, you know, uh, darts is uh, one of the... Uh, some people wouldn't think of darts as being part of the gay games or any games for that matter, but we have a very... Um, a large uh, a contingent who's wow. interested in, in holding that event. Uh, uh, squash, uh, handball, things like that that um, maybe some folks may not have heard so much about. But I think overall, most of the sports are uh, you know pretty familiar to folks from, from around the world. Football, as in uh, what we call soccer here, you know, we'll have, but we'll also have flag football, American football. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what kinds of teams sign up for, for some of these events to give it a truly global flavor. What about yourself, Tom? Will you be getting out on the field, or are you uh, well, a previous I'm a, sportsman yourself? I'm a swimmer, and um, I'm actually going to be uh, swimming at the um, International Gay Lesbian Aquatics Championships in Seattle um, this summer and talking to folks there and encouraging them to come here to Cleveland in uh, 2014, I don't know though whether I'll have time to uh, to be swimming much uh, during the games since it's it's going to be quite quite busy. Tom, for me and for for my staff. 
You said there's going to be ten or 11,000 people converging on Cleveland, Ohio. Give us a little bit of uh, a rundown on what the city's like and uh, what sort of a welcome sure. the GLBTI folk will receive. So, um, first of all, the whole region here, which is called Northeast Ohio, it's within easy driving distance of New York City, Toronto, Ontario, and Chicago, Illinois. We're really well located. We're a United Airlines hub, easy to get to. Um, when um, we uh, are going to uh, not only welcome the 11,000 participants, but I say a lot in the past, a lot of participants of the Games have brought friends and family with them. We're expecting about 200 to 300 Australians, and we already have uh, at least 10 uh, participants signed up from Melbourne, which we're very excited about. And we were down there for the... um, the festival, um, we weren't personally, but we had lots of friends down there talking about the gay game. Oh, the Midsummer Festival. And the Sydney. Yeah. So um, we are going to welcome folks with open arms. We are very hus- a very hospitable um, area. The venues, as I say, are first class. Everything's going to be central. Public transportation will be uh, available to most of the um, venues in, uh, in in Cleveland in particular, um, there's going to be a real feeling that there's something happening here in the region because we are actually smaller than many of the regions that have hosted the games in the past, for instance, Sydney. But our venues are going to be very close together, uh, so you're going to just you're going to know something huge is going on here, and the community. Both LGBT and uh, and um, the greater or the larger community are just so excited um, about these games coming. We've got support of the local governments. Um, we've got uh, our, the corporations are very excited. So it's going to be a blast. It's going to be it's going to rock when uh, during that week of August nine through sixteen. So Tom, how do uh, how do people get involved if they want to go over and compete? Do they need to be a part of a club or a part of a team? How do people get over there and get involved? So the first step is to go on to our, our website, which is www.gg9cle.com, and there's all, all the information on registration is there. Both teams and individuals can register. So if you're um, an individual swimmer, you don't need to necessarily be part of a team. It, you can register as an individual or if you're an individual runner, um, but teams can register as well. So uh, both both can do it, um, and also uh, many people think this is just for elite athletes, and it's not. It's for the whole spectrum of, of um, athletes and uh, participants. You know, we're going to have choral and band here as well. Wow. So it's not just for athletes, but if you, uh, if there are choral groups like in Melbourne um, who, you know, gay men's uh, choral groups or, or women's are mixed, um, there will be um, uh, you can register and and be get a medal for for performing here as well. Same for band. Um, so they you know as I going back to your question, individuals and or teams um, can um, you know register. Ben, I know that probably sounds of interest to you, the quarrel group. So, oh, yeah. Uh, I know our yeah. Ben's got a set of lungs on him. Hey, um, I'm just thinking... <laughs> I'm just thinking... I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, Tom, um, someone like me being a bit of an uh, elite sportsman, I'm probably going to end up <laughs> dragging my partner along with me. Um, what's yeah. in store for him sort of in Cleveland? He sort of doesn't like watching me that much. So are there any I... sort of events or nightclubs he could go to? 
Absolutely, there's going to be. And I have a, a partner as well who is not so much into sports, so I'm very aware of of um, the challenges around that. But there will be parties all week long there. Um, we have uh, within downtown Cleveland a number of, of uh, areas that are loaded with um, clubs and with restaurants and and uh, you know places to uh, to go and have a have a beer, uh, dinner, whatever. We're going to also guys have a festival village which is going to be right in downtown Cleveland and that's going to be like the public square of the games and it's where everyone will kind of converge at the end of the day to say hey where are you going to go tonight what are you going to do hey I've been to this great uh, bar or this uh, you know this restaurant last night let's go there you know I want to show you tonight so there just will be so many things to do as well as for the people who are not participating we will have tours uh, set up for um, areas around the city of Cleveland and, and even even beyond. So um, there will be no, uh, you know, no one's going to be looking for anything to do. Uh, we know how to throw a good party um, in this town, and uh, people who come here go away uh, raving about it. So we may not be as well known as a Chicago, Toronto, New York city, but we sure do know how to throw a party. Yeah, well, look, Ohio uh, is actually quite high on our register over here in Australia, believe it or not. It's, it was one of those yeah. sort of uh, marginal seats that got Obama in. I know we're getting a little bit off uh, sport <laughs> tact here, but everything was about the wheat belt seats over here. So we, we, we yeah. sort of learnt a little bit about mm. Cleveland, Ohio. You are inside the locker room on Joy 94.9, your show for sports news, views and interviews. We're talking to Tom Nobe from the Gay Games being held in Cleveland in 2014. The Locker Room. Come in and get changed. Sports news, views and interviews for our community. Joy 94.9. By The Locker Room on Joy 94.9. We're talking to Tom Nobe from the Gay Games being held in Cleveland in August 2014. Um, tell me, Tom, where, when when is it? What's the weather going to be like? Um, and so we can start planning. Perfect, guys. It's uh, in the summer. It's August uh, 9 through 16. We, have, um, we are on one of the Great Lakes. Great Lake Erie, and I don't know if you if you guys know your North American geography, but the Great Lakes are the largest body of fresh water in the world. So it it makes our summers a little less humid, uh, more comfortable than some cities in the interior of our country. So our weather tends to be very uh, very nice, um, sunny, and I'm talking about the summer, not the winter, but in the summertime. We have uh, relatively warm, but not too hot, not too humid. Um, so we're counting on it to be um, just gorgeous weather and definitely worth the trip uh, for Aussies who want to uh, come and explore uh, the Midwest of the United States. Tom, is there going to be some um, offers for, for people who are traveling a long way, some accommodation deals that they'll be able to access through the Gay Games? Yes. Uh, first of all, we have a partnership with United Airlines. Um, I know they fly to um, they fly to Sydney. I'm not sure. I haven't um, checked to see about uh, whether United Airlines is, uh, flies into Melbourne. But I think they Star do. Alliance. Yeah. And we are a we are a hub, so it's it's virtually one one stop through L.A. or San Francisco, and then on to Cleveland. So uh, they will be offering discount flights, and we have um, you can actually book rooms right now on our website, and we have worked out some fantastic deals with um, over 35 hotels here in, um, in Northeast Ohio. And we will have um, 
three, two of our universities will be providing beds in their dorms. So all that information, again, is on our website, and uh, we have worked very hard to make it as um, economical as possible, especially for you you guys who are going to be, and, and ladies are going to be traveling the farthest, clearly, to, uh, again, to, to make it worth your while. Look, with our dollar against yours, it's not that expensive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hey, um, right down there. No, look, I probably should have asked you at the start, what, what's the sort of the ethos or the, or the motto of these games? We, You know, that's a good question. Um, we don't have a written uh, motto for the games, but we really um, are, are... The fact that the games are in, and you alluded to this, the fact that the games are being held in a part of the country with it, which is not necessarily known for being... Um, welcoming to um, LGBT folks, except for the region that the games are going to be held. The rest of our state tends to be very conservative. So we're really saying this: these games are an opportunity to change people's minds about um, issues around, uh, you know, the LGBT community, and to uh, show that the region is, and it is, this this uh, part where where Cleveland. Um, is is a very welcoming and diverse um, and embracing environment. But we are really talking about this is almost a political statement to come to these games to show the world that, yes, the games can be held in Sydney, they can be held in Vancouver, they can be held in San Francisco, but they also can be held in Cleveland, Ohio. What a fantastic and, sentiment. And that's just huge, I think, for, um, for the games to be... Um, being here, and I don't know if you guys are aware, but they announced where the games, uh, the final, the three finalists for the games for 2018, and that that's going to be Limerick, Ireland, Paris, or London. Wow. So I'm barracking for Limerick. Go- I think I was thinking in Chicago, yeah. New Zealand, but uh, <laughs> it didn't seem to pop in there. Yeah. It's actually interesting. The uh, what you just said, Tom. Um, the same comments came from uh, when they held the Asian Pacific Out Games in, in Wellington. They said that it actually helped move the marriage law. Uh, through yes. Parliament there in New Zealand, because it sort of it brought the community into probably a conservative city uh, and showcased right. that uh, we are a wonderful group of people. And the same thing for Absolutely. the um, Asia Pacific Out Games in Darwin as well next year. Yeah, yeah. hopefully we'll uh, we'll see marriage equality come across the line. Yes, and in Ohio, it's going to be a while, but this is you as you guys just said, this will be um, you know the first step in, uh, or one of the first steps in, in raising awareness and hopefully getting us to to a point where um, that will be possible for my partner and I, who've been together 33 years and still can't, you know, we're, we still can't get married. The time will so, come, and uh, you know there's people all over the world that, uh, that, are, that are sharing the same plight, and it's good to speak to people who are in a similar situation, and hopefully this event absolutely. can go some way to not only celebrate the, uh, the, the culture of our community and the sporting um, culture of our community, but also um, have a broader impact as well. Tom, thank you so much for joining exactly. us tonight on The Locker Room. Thanks. Good luck thank with the um, with the lead up to the event. We'll catch up with you again soon as we as we get closer. I hope so. And hopefully, Mark I and I so. uh, will be able to uh, head over perhaps and uh, maybe. Uh, we uh, would love it. Welcome you personally. I'll get him a few emails. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Talk to you soon. You're enjoying. Have a great evening. Ninety four point nine.
The Locker Room with Ben and Rolly on Joy 94.9. You're on Joy 94.9. Inside the Locker Room, Ben Lankin, Michael Smithy Smith, Adam Samuel with you this evening. God, it's a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> Text- <laughs> we have to have a code name soon or nickname. Right. We've got Smithy. I need to find one for myself. The uh, number to get in contact with us here in the studio, 0427JOY949. You can send us an SMS. Or, of course, you can email onair at joy.org.au. Just like this person has from South Yarra. He's asked, uh, is the gay games going to be telecast on a major media network in Australia? Unfortunately, the answer is no. Um, but there will be um, there will be um, news from the website and across their social media platforms as well. And, of course, we'll be bringing you the news here on Joy right throughout the tournament as well. But I can tell you what will be on television, and thank God that it is, is The Ashes. The Ashes will be on. Yeah, Cricket Australia have announced that it will be shown live on GEM. So get your digital set-top box if you haven't already uh, so you can watch it on the, on the digital channels. But What it's Channel 9 are yet to do is commit to broadcasting the, any of the women's games. And I think actually they're going to be some better cricket to watch. Well, Australia might actually win those exactly. games. Exactly. So that's something we might actually be interested in watching. And exactly right. They're very talented cricketers who deserve recognition for what they do. Well, last week we did speak to Alex Blackwell, so it would be very interesting to see how, you know, to watch their campaign because they are, you know, doing so well these days. The girls are number one in all forms of the game. Um, so, uh, yeah, they're going to go in with a lot of confidence and, uh, you know, there's some serious, um, some serious experience in that squad. So uh, we'll be backing the girls definitely over there and that'll kick off uh, in early August. Now, closer to home this weekend, Friday night, Melbourne Storm, Smithy, they're taking on the Brisbane Broncos at Amy Park here in Melbourne. Uh, tickets are still available. Two consecutive losses the Melbourne Storm have had. Now, they had a absolutely ripping start to the season and uh, they're now second on the table just behind the Rabbitohs. A um, couple of injuries leading into, um, leading into this game, so they'll be definitely looking for a win. Yeah, look, I'd say this is standard transmission, though, for the Storm, that half of their side is asked to play State of Origin every year. Yeah, and this, right. is, this, this is the, the traditional lull that happens to the Storm. Look, I think they are going to find it find it tough in the next few weeks but look I'd be expecting them still to be playing a key role in the final series at the end of the year I think you know it's great for South to get all excited with you know Albo and Russell Crowe and yeah. all the sort of bandwagon jumpers of the South Sydney bandwagon, but I, I, I'd, I'd be still back in the storm. Tell you what, they did look outplayed by the Tigers, though, on the weekend. I mean, it's pretty wet conditions there at Leichhardt Oval, but, um, you know, they, they certainly didn't look like a um, premiership-winning team. Um, you know, they, so. they looked very tired. Well, for the for the 80 minutes, it was really hard to watch. They just looked like they were running out of energy really quickly. Yeah, well, Gareth Whitoff obviously wasn't there. Prop Jason Riles is out with a ligament uh, with a medial ligament strain as well. They do get back Captain Cameron Smith this week, um, so good for him to come back at a home game. So will be a great game, um, Amy Park Friday night, um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see. They started off with seven straight wins, but um, have struggled to find some consistency of recent uh, of recent times. So uh, we'll see how they go. I think Smithy, you might be right though. I think it is just uh, just that low, but we will see them in contention for the rest of the season and uh, probably in the grand final. Let's say. Yep, and on Saturday we have the big decider between the Wallabies and the British and Irish Lions. Oh, from, this is exciting. From Sydney, um, there's been two very close encounters and the historic series will come down to to a decider in Sydney. Uh, the, the, the British and Irish Lions won the first game by two points. The Wallabies won the second game by a point. So, I don't know, maybe this is going to be a draw. Good luck getting a ticket if you can. But if you, if you can get your hands on a ticket, get out there to um, ANZ Stadium there in, uh, in Sydney. It'll be an absolute cracker. Uh, James Horwell, captain, is in. O'Driscoll is out for the Lions. Warburton, obviously, their captain is out. Alan Wynne-Jones will be captaining uh, the uh, the Lions in there. and uh, Basically an all-Welsh team. I think there's 11 Welsh players in the starting 15. Yeah, and in fact, I asked a Scottish colleague, 
colleague of mine at work today whether she was going to be watching the games and she said no because there aren't enough Scottish players playing in the British and Irish Lions. So there's only two and they're not really Scottish anyway. They weren't born there. <laughs> so, you know, the parochialism is still alive and well in the, in the aisles of the North Atlantic. I think they'll uh, they'll still want to back a team that uh, that want, that's going to be the Wallabies. I think it'll be, you know, the, the, the Brits are very much so. We'll back, uh, we'll back, the, we'll back England and we'll back the Lions and anyone that's playing the Wallabies. So <laughs> I think yeah. they'll still get behind the, um, the red jerseys. Pretty much. And what's interesting is that uh, the veteran George Smith is making a big comeback as a 33-year-old. Big news. He'll be the, the first Wallabies. Australian to ever play in two Lions series and 12 years apart. So it's incredible. He's returned from Japan, had um, had, had some good form with the Brumbies and um, is now back in the Wallabies side. Last time he played in the Wallabies was 2009. So what's that, four years ago? Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure this is the right move. He's, he's bumped uh, Hooper out of the team. and I, I think Hooper actually played a pretty good game on the weekend. He should be sick. Think I think he should bring the dreadlocks back. Well, that's true. That's I think what, that's potentially that's what's, what's missing. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> I think the dreadlocks are, are a big part of his uh, of his game. But look, it'll be interesting to see. Um, disappointing um, for um, some of the younger players who have uh, have been left out for him to come in. But uh, look, it will be uh, it will be an absolute crack of a game. So get out there and support your country. It only happens every twelve years. Speedy, let's talk AFL. Well, lots of news. Yeah, let's talk about booing, because Joe Watson was booed mm. mercilessly. Uh, by his uh, own supporters? No, no, but no. By, by, by West Coast Eagles supporters. But perhaps his own supporters should be booing him. Well, he has openly admitted to uh, using anti... Uh, what is it? Anti-obesity drugs. Yeah. Now, what's the story there? Why do you use anti-obesity drugs? He's clearly but, but, not but, obese. But, but where can I get them? I mean, yeah. I <laughs> That's the question on everyone's <laughs> lips, I'm anti- sure. Really? Anti-obesity drugs? Like, who ever saw an obese AFL footballer? Um, go figure. Um, yes, he, he admitted on uh, Fox Footies on the couch that he had taken anti-obesity drugs, but said he'd done nothing wrong. He said that he'd um, listened to the club and their doctors and, and they'd all assured him that it was okay. Um, all of it should be fine, except that the World Anti-Doping Authority rules say it doesn't matter how many other people tell you yeah. that it's fine. You're responsible. You're responsible. You're responsible. You Apparently, you can go on the WADA website and type in the substance that you are being asked to take and it will tell you. Whether it's okay, so it's pretty or not. foolproof. It's pretty foolproof. Like you can ask questions, and it's not like he's some bright-eyed nineteen-year-old at the club not knowing what he's doing. I mean, he's a senior person there at the club. So, so what does this it. mean for Essendon? I mean, obviously the Asada investigation continues. We're being told now that we might get an outcome by August. AFL's being very quiet on it at the moment, although it seems like they're starting to set us up for what could be um, a big. Big announcement come August. Yeah, they're softening the blow. Um, all the while, Andrew Demetrio is on holiday. Just <laughs> conveniently oh, of enough. Course he is. Overseas, working on his tan. Um, but so. yes, look, everyone now is worried about what's happening. I mean, there's some rumblings from the other clubs that Essendon have an unfair advantage. They've had a couple of, they've had three games where they've come back after being behind at three-quarter time. And some say they're sort of running out games in ways that other clubs are not able to. Look, right. who knows? But everyone's wondering what would happen if, if Essendon was found to have breached doping rules on a systematic scale. Are they going to left, be left having a team that they can put out on the field once the sanctions are announced? What happens to the games they won? Will they be allowed to participate in the finals? You know, they've had an outstanding record so far this season. I've got Watson's Brownlow to think about. Yep. There's just a whole lot of questions that can't be answered at the moment while we wait for this damn report to come out. Like, I don't know what they're doing. Like, hurry, hurry up. Exactly. Now, look, in other news, and Adam, you'll be happy about this. The uh, Demons, of course, got a, got a win um, under their belt. Thank goodness. Yeah, they made pretty tough going of it, Adam. I don't know if you're watching the game, but it would have been a pretty nervous last oh, quarter. I tell you what, if I was, you know, if I was a few years older with a possible pacemaker, I'd be be six feet under by now, just waiting with anticipation. Yeah. So conceding the last seven goals of the match to win by three points. So spare yeah. a thought for the Bulldogs. Yeah, it's not been a great season <laughs> for them been either. A great season for the Dogs. No, not much is going right. They're already talking about what players they're going to trade yeah. into the season. <laughs> well, if they're already talking this early, that's serious business. 
Yeah. Now, uh, Port Adelaide, Smithy, they uh, seem to be uh, sort of doing quite well, consistent. Like, Look, they're the story of the season. They won their first five, they lost their next five, and now they've won their last three, and they've beaten Sydney, and then they beat Port. Uh, sorry, they beat Collingwood. Collingwood. Yeah. Yeah, so... Look, they've got a really impressive midfield, Boke, Ebert, and now uh, Young Broadbent. They all got more than 30 touches on the weekend. Collingwood, on the other hand, look like they look a bit tired. Mm. They look like they're in need of a Botox injection or something <laughs> like that. Um, and in fact, their, their own coach, Nathan Buckley, has admitted that their side lacked hunger in the game. So, uh, yeah, he, that they now have traditional rival Carlton on this weekend on Friday night, and that'll be a huge game in Melbourne. That will just dominate this town. will be big, yeah. Now, the Swans now, big news out of the Swans camp this week. Um, Adam Goods is out for knee surgery for at least six weeks, but potentially longer. Big loss for them. Yeah, look, and I watched the game um, between the Swans and the Carlton on the weekend, and it was played in some of the most torrential rain you would I ever have seen. I saw that too. So it's no, no small wonder that players came out of that game injured. I mean, it, it looked absolutely horrendous out there, and I think probably that's what is ahead of the teams in Melbourne this weekend, if it's going to be 13 degrees and raining. Um but and, and it's, it's interesting, actually, he's put up his hand, Adam Goods, to play for the Australian team that's going over to Ireland in the International Rural Series, which will be an all-Indigenous team, right. the AFL has announced today, um, which some say is a bit... So what's the, what's the reason behind that decision? Don't you want to send your best? Well, it may well be Australia's best team, but uh, look, I think it's, it's meant to be some uh, an homage to the Indigenous community and the con- contribution they've made to yeah. our great game. Um, and remembering that the first Australian sporting team of any kind to tour... The Northern Hemisphere was an Australian um, Aboriginal cricket team. Yeah, right. So, you know, who knows? Um, now, big draw card this weekend will be uh, the big match of the MCG on Saturday night. The curse, the curse, the Kennet curse. So so Geelong are going for their 11th straight win over Hawthorne since they lost the 19, uh, 2008 grand final, which is extraordinary. After Jeff Kennett said that, you know, Hawthorne were, were mentally tougher than Geelong. And, and these- Geelong vowed never to lose to them ever again. And these sides are pretty much your, your top two teams, your premiership contenders by the, by the looks of things at the moment. Look, I, I'd say so. Look, Fremantle's probably the only team that I'd call challenging the, and, and the Swans, but the Swans have got some injury problems. So do you think um, Geelong can, um, can, or, or Hawthorne can get up? Uh, well, I think Hawthorne are due. They've, they've actually won 12 games in a row, so they're probably yeah. due for a loss. And look, all signs in these games point to Geelong. They, they, they win from impossible positions against Hawthorne. I, I don't see that changing. I think they've, they've got their measure at the moment. Port and Essendon uh, Dockland Sunday evening, another one to look out for. Yeah, and there won't be too many Port supporters there to boo Joe Watson, so he's probably pretty safe to run out in the field, I think, this week. <laughs> yeah, I think um, you might But be in wrong. the context of the season, it's a huge game. Both both sides are, um, have had outstanding starts to the year, and this is sort of the win that sets you up for the top four if, that's, if you don't have all your points taken away from you. And uh, finally, Adelaide and West Coast, um, probably the last sort of roll of dice for both of these teams. They both need a win to really stay in contention, chance of getting into the eight. Yeah, definitely the, the season's two most disappointing performers. You know, the, the, the sides we really thought would take a step up this year and they've both been absolutely abysmal. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see which one of those takes that one a game out. Sports news, views and interviews for our community. The Locker Room with Ben and Rolly on Joy 94.9. It's not Ben and Rowley tonight. It's Ben and Smithy and Adam in the studio for the locker room. Hope you've enjoyed our first 7pm broadcast uh, for uh, Wednesday night. It's good to be here. Um, time for us to hit the showers and wrap up for another week. A uh, couple of thank yous. Firstly, Tom Nobay from the Gay Games joining us from Cleveland, Ohio. All information you can find online. Just Google Cleveland 2014 for all the latest from the um, Gay Games there. Adam Bold, of course, from the Frosty Fruits Ski Week. That's coming out very soon, 26th of July. That kicks off. Still some spots available if you're interested and wanted to, uh, to join in on that one. Smithy, thank you as always for joining us tonight. Really appreciate it. 
We've got to stop doing this. I'm always on. Oh, I enjoy it. And Adam, of course, pushing the buttons and also for contributing tonight, doing the roundup. Uh, great effort. Thank you. It's been a great night. Thank you to Mark for uh, interrupting his holiday to say g'day over from the UK. Of course, Simon, our producer as well, works hard to put the content together every week. And, of course, everybody who's uh, texted and sent us a message, we really appreciate it. Next week, we've got uh, the Melbourne Argonauts, Melbourne's Queer Rowing Club, plus all the best bits of sports news from around the globe. You're inside the locker room with Ben and Rolly on Joy 94.9. Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.